across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, how do you keep a population under control as your mechanizations of tyranny start to come to the surface? As we're looking at the world today, so much truth is coming to light, but yet the world doesn't seem to be aware of it. The January 6th tapes are coming out and people are seeing the the reality of that situation, but yet somehow it doesn't change their mind. Uh, gain of function, Wuhan lab releases coming out into the surface, but somehow this doesn't alter anybody's course. But at the same time, we're sitting in a situation where you have to have sovereignty. You've got to have your own soul in order to face up to all of these situations. But the propaganda is so strong. How do they keep us in this network of madness? How do they keep us going in this direction? Well, it's propaganda, folks. It's films. It's the ways that they get these thoughts into our minds. And we're going to get deep into all of this with Sean McCann. He is on the... Uh, one great network one great work network.com that's a tough one mark pasio <laughs> you know sean my original website was the freeman perspective.blogspot.com yeah, you know? right. yeah that's a long one <laughs> i had to change that pretty quickly uh, freemantv.com because uh yeah uh <laughs> so one great network one great work network.com oh my gosh uh walk wake the dead is your show and you've um started i mean the last time you were on the free zone you were you were listed as a nobody that just wants to get out into the world and show you love life and the and the power of the universe now <laughs> you've come out and you're ready to take the force and speak to the public and get this out yourself you've also got black pill uh, that's right digest. i got black pill digest that's right and you were a guest on the third episode of black pill digest that was, that was a great time yeah, yeah. We got deep into chemtrails and more. Uh, yeah. Definitely a lot of fascinating stuff. And it's great to show everybody that you've been there talking about geoengineering for 30 years, you know. And, like, uh, just it's great to remind everybody that you've got all this work already and people are just discovering it now, you know. So it's great to highlight you and have you there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's said that I'm so far ahead of the parade that no one knows I'm in it, <laughs> and I, I agree with that. <laughs> you know, I did make the very first documentary on chemtrails. Well, I produced it, right? Somebody else made it, I produced it, and but I added my own little bits and pieces to it about the barium, about that, and about. But yeah, you know, when you think about it, uh, I started my television show in 2005. And by the time I started that show, I was sick to death of talking about chemtrails. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it had been a, over a decade, or at least a decade, that I'd already been discussing the symptoms and the, the perils. And, you know, it's one of those things where you go out every day, you see these grids, you see right. the blinds, you know, it, it correlates with certain activities, maybe a solar flare. 
maybe uh you know it's hard to judge when i i definitely see chemtrails a lot during solar flare times uh when that uh chinese balloon flew over and they took it down over south carolina where i'm at right. uh the chemtrails were thick and i mean we don't see them a whole lot hmm. here but ever since that chinese balloon boy they have been thick we can't see the sky at all wow maybe they were using the chem maybe they were heating the atmosphere to push the balloon you know, to guide it in its direction across it, the states. That was yeah. the big question from my guy from, I, I have a friend in the deep underground that uh, works on these technologies. And uh, yeah, that was his question. He's like, no, no, no. Look, I work on these balloons. We have them up there all the time. Right. Uh, the real question is, why are they coming down? Right, right. To make a spectacle to make us look over there oh <laughs> look over there you well know. i've been making a big stink about uh the continuity of government you know when we had o'shaughnessy general o'shaughnessy working in uh as the head of northcom and mm -hmm. a, you know a lot of people are just catching up to like nato and northcom yeah. i remember back when uh when stargate the tv series came out sg1 <laughs> yeah and I'm watching it. What was that? I mean, I could look it up, but it was what, 90s or something like that? SG1 came out? Yeah, late 90s, probably. And I I remember, I, I remember I'm sitting there with friends and I'm like, no, look, that, that, that Space Command seal that they have on their arms in the TV show is real. <laughs> I mean, there really is a Space Command inside of Cheyenne Mountain. And, you know, it took all the way up till Donald Trump, right, for them to realize that we had a Space Force. Right. Uh, and then now, like, uh, uh, Leah Boone did a great uh, documentary talking about how the Air Force and the Space Force also control all the EMF radiation. So, like, they control all the communication in the skies. So, like, it goes even further, you know. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. cyber space force. You know? Right. That, too. Right, exactly. There's a big threat right now. They're saying that you know China's up there uh, attacking satellites in space using <laughs> uh, you know something to do with Ukraine as well, and that the space force needs to be utilized to stop this. So it's going to become more and more of a thing. But Space right. Command has been in Cheyenne Mountain forever, you know, right. and right, right. Uh, then Deep General O'Shaughnessy, yeah. Yeah, you know, I accidentally slept on top of Cheyenne Mountain once when I was a hippie. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize. Next thing I know, I'm woken up by three lady officers, and I'm having to give all three of them different stories. I think we may have told this story the last time we talked, but you know, yeah. my van had like had a, a fake license plate from Pennsylvania. It had a registration from Florida, and my <laughs> license was from Kansas. Nice. And I've lived in all three places, so yeah. I'm telling each of the lady officers different stories, you know. Like, <laughs> and I always wondered what happened when I finally left, and they maybe compared notes. I don't know, <laughs> but they just let me go. I was uh, I met a dude in a Walmart parking lot. Like I like I also was living in a van. Like I had a nice van. I had like a sink and everything, and uh, for years. And I got to go, go visit you, and we you know we uh, we met up at Rainbow Gathering a couple times, and I had. Uh, many similar adventures, like uh, you inspired me to go and be on the road. Uh, but they, the when I, I was in a, like every Walmart parking lot, you meet like other travelers that are also doing the same as you, because like you're allowed to park in Walmart parking lot unless it's posted otherwise. 
Because he was a fellow traveler, right? Yes. You know, Sam, Sam Walton, Walton was a, a Freemason right. and said any travelers were, were taken care of. And of course, traveler is a code for Freemason. Right. But us hippies took that to heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. I, it was like every day, it was like a new parking lot. And I got to meet all these great people. This one dude, his name's Pete. And he had like, it was like a 90s RV that looked brand new. I was like, wow. And this guy, he's got like uh, one of those uh, temporary license plate, but he laminated it. And then he, <laughs> he would put new marker, like he would use a Sharpie and just like change the date and just keep changing the date. <laughs> it was like not registered, not, and he was telling me these stories about really, uh, you know, th there's all kinds of ways around it. You know what I mean? You can have three plates, you can have, as long as you know how to talk and you can, you know that's what it's really all about because it's like you're you know those three women that were cops like they're just people you know right and you and a lot of times them. they don't want to deal with that kind of stuff i remember i got pulled over one time and my van it no longer went into park oh, i had I fixed that. the transmission myself yeah. oh, i never man. fixed a transmission before and i didn't get that little dongle in there deep enough and so it never <laughs> went into park again right we used to have to strap it to a tree. We would literally tie it to a tree to keep it where it's supposed to be. But I get pulled over. I don't remember why. You know, I don't, I, it's not speeding. It's not anything. I think, it, you know, I don't even remember why. But uh, the officer pulls me over and I'm like holding the brake and we're sitting on a hill and my leg's right. shaking, you know, and he's trying yeah. to talk to me. And I'm like, okay, can we just go? And he's like, no, I need you to step out of the vehicle. And I'm like, oh, God, okay. And I look over to my friend, and I'm like, can you put the rock out? <laughs> and nice. so the, the passenger has to get out of the van, go out, put this big rock we have in front of the tire so that I can step out. The officer looks into my dash, and he sees that I don't even have a speedometer, which, <laughs> therefore, it also doesn't have a gas gauge, right? Like, right. this van was just, you know, in pieces. And he's he's like trying to figure this out, and he's just finally like, "Oh, enough, enough, just go." He didn't want to fill out all the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to be free, man. Just just to like be enough of a headache that they just say, "Get the hell out of here." It's like that THX eleven thirty eight. You know the um, oh, I forget what his name was. George the, Lucas and yeah, the George Lucas. Film. It wasn't De Niro. It was the other guy from The Godfather, uh, Consigliere, you know, uh, uh, whatever. Anyway, that dude was like, basically, the more he ran, the more money they had to pay to go catch him until finally they got to the point where they're like, nope, we're done. And he got freedom. He climbed out of the out of the underground slavery uh, cage. And then there's the sun. You know, it's really you just got to have persistence and you know really uh stay focused and understand your own sovereignty you know keep moving towards that and I, yeah. I think that i think that this you know the more that they shake things up and the more that they give us like these blatant lies and shit and stuff um excuse me uh it it'll the the thinking people will break free i think that it like there's only so far that my control can go and then like you know, then there's an event that'll shake people up and, you know, the, uh, the authorities want to shake you into submission, but sometimes submission is worse than, than running away. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. Well, let me, let me use January 6th as an example then. Uh, cause 
Q Shaman, poor little Jacob, uh, became the face of this insurrection. This is this you know, violent insurrection. And here's Q Shaman with his horns and his tattoos and his bullhorn and his love. Right. He's just a hippie shaman that loves everything, saying prayers to the police, saying prayers to the courts, saying prayers. And, you know, this guy was just a loving teddy bear. Right. But he got he got depicted as the face of January 6th insurrection. Right. And, you know, now he is he has been sentenced to, I think, four or five years. Jeez. Uh, Just for and, walking in a building. Yes. Yes. For being let words. in the building, as Tucker Carlson is showing. Right. You know, now the tapes are coming out. But here's what happened, Sean. Hmm. Uh, Jacob, the, the Q shaman, he pled out. All right. That's they, how they scared him, right? Yeah, they told right. him, look, if you take this to a jury, you're looking at 20 years, son. You're looking at 20 years. You're going to be locked up for life. You better right. just sign this document right here and right now. <laughs> right. Sign yeah. this plea deal for four years and you'll be okay. You know, it's better than 20. And so he yeah. did. He signed that damn plea deal. Now yeah. the evidence is coming out. Now it's being shown on national television, but he has no leg to stand on. Yeah, he has no rights. He signed them away. Yeah. Signed them away. <laughs> got to fight this stuff, guys. You got to yeah, right. take it to the limit. You got to just. And I understand if you're young and you're, you know, being locked up for the first time, you're, you don't know what's going on. The judge is saying words to you that you have no understanding of. Uh, yeah. I remember I was in a, in a, another case, right? I, I got pulled over. So in Lawrence, Kansas, I had a car that was defunct. and But you can't leave it in the same parking spot for two weeks. So every two weeks, I'd have to just shift it you know, to a new block. Mm -hmm. And so I got in the car, and I just moved it down a block. But in doing so, I did not put on my seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. This was literally my neighborhood, my block. I just drove it from one block to the next and parked. I got pulled over. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? yeah, and then I didn't have insurance on the car. I didn't drive the car. I just had to move it every once in a while. And uh, so I went to I went to court. Technically, I went to jail for this, right? Uh, I got fingerprinted and everything. Technically, I was incarcerated. But right. on paperwork, I was never actually officially put in the jail, but by paperwork, I was incarcerated. Well, as I'm sitting there in that courtroom, every person that's in there with me has no idea what's going on. They have no understanding of what the judge is saying. And they're all asking the prosecutor for advice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's like asking the fox, like, you know, can you take care of the hen house for me, please? Yes. Yeah. I can't believe it. But that's yeah. the situation. Poor people it, are know. so like they're compliant and they're just they're I mean, they have no experience of being free. They don't understand that your signature is your consent. Like Oh, I just have to sign this paper. Oh, I don't need to read whatever. You know, it's it's all like word magic, contracts and talismans. It's the same since Babylon. You know, it's the same way of enslaving people. Um, yeah, sorry. Sign, no, sign on the dotted line, right? That's yeah, a, really. A whole note of Satan that we <laughs> sign in a contract. Right. But you know what? What really happens here is we get a lot of propaganda. We get a lot of things that set us up for these moments. Like uh, the film Knowing had the deep, uh, deep water explosion, the oil rig explosion. We oh right, 
you know, it was almost exactly. You couldn't tell the difference between the actual news and the movie. Right. We had yeah. then uh, Utopia. I mean, the British version came out in 2013, and then the American version comes out in 2020. And here it is about this horrible virus that's going right. to kill everyone. And uh, then, and you know, now what have you done to secure your place on this planet? You know, is <laughs> the message, right? It's like the oh, what's his name? Bert, oh, the the guy that says that we need panels and you need to go up in front of the panel every so often and prove why you should be allowed to stay alive. God, what the fuck? John Cusack is that <laughs> you're talking about character? <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about this dude. Uh, in reality, in reality, he's a eugenicist. Uh, there's like video, like black and white video of him explaining. God, I forget his name, uh, but he says that uh, you know what we need. It, is for everybody to uh to go before this panel of experts and uh lobby for their own survival basically like um you know prove that you're a contributing member of society or we'll get rid of you like yes. yeah the <laughs> death panel is coming i mean there's i right. mean that's what they want yeah are they gonna need it <laughs> i mean like if if they can kill us off with all of their medications and their chemicals and stuff then maybe they won't have to do that you know they can make it all look like uh you know an act of god type of scenario but it's all of these things are planned they um you know they they move along like clock i mean they don't really move along perfectly like clockwork there's a bunch of stumbling idiots that are ro rolling it out like just look at 9 11 like all the problems that they had you know, uh, executing that crime, but you know, they still got the gold. You know, uh, they got Homeland Security. You know, yeah, they got uh, their Patriot Act, and uh, yeah, the guy that owned the building got like two or three times the amount of money. You know, that's true too. Yeah, uh, and all the gold missing, and right, the gold. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah. it's all like, I mean, like the. It seems as though they have these events, and then they set them up so that all the little underlings can take their you know can take the, what they um you know like like basically like with the grateful dead you got you know they they created this thing where the cops always have somebody that they can catch you know this guy smells like weed you can see him from a mile away and you can smell him and he's got long hair and it's like it's like free reign for cops to always perpetuate their business you know what i mean so it's like they they created this situation where uh yeah I yeah they can just, <laughs> like, like for keep... the little underlings to make their, their to make their piece of to get their you know their pay so like all the little underlings were getting pieces of that gold or like getting the value of the building and the insurance and like um that's that way everybody works together in unison and then they have more cohesion in their evil plans you know um, that was another uh plan that was in a movie because uh die hard two i believe it was yeah i think it was three but yeah you're right maybe yeah. three okay i was there when they blew up that building it was in orlando <laughs> that was actually orlando city hall that they turned into a corporate building for the movie <laughs> i thought right. it was demolition man that blew up that building maybe no no okay. uh in die hard but demolition man is another one that's you know foretelling well, the future but go ahead so die hard three yeah they, we i mean they that. literally did that very scenario where the the terrorist attack the bombing of the building was literally right. a gold heist 
And then they they heisted all the gold into dump trucks and took it into the sewage and right. ran down through the sewer lines. Well, guess what? Dick Cheney's trucks <laughs> did exactly that <laughs> right. uh, on 9-11. And we saw all the, the those dump trucks just running away. And somehow, mysteriously, all the gold was missing under the Twin Towers. Yeah. Wasn't there one truck that was abandoned and that's how they found out about it? I think that there was one that like somebody got out and left it there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just mm. saw the videos of the trucks leaving. I mean, they were pulling out, you know, right. just the debris and stuff. But right, that know. too, and they were covering all that up, all the evidence. They're like, yeah, oh, no, look at this. We're shipping it to China. Yeah, yeah. Ship this to China. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. But they put these movies out, and it, it it inlays this thought pattern that we then get caught up into. And yeah. uh, white noise is definitely one of those that has been going around now because of the strange train derailment in uh east palestine uh, in which you know the people in the movie white noise were extras in the right. film right you know? yeah the people it, of east palestine were extras of the movie uh, white right. noise and then next thing you know they're living it right that that empowers the magic you know what i'm saying like because these people are living it again like it creates and in the movie deja vu is a symptom of right. the toxic of the toxins you know so um this movie was filmed in my town i live in ohio now and uh they shut down downtown for like two weeks and they repainted all the storefronts and they wouldn't let me walk my dog through there there were there was cops saying you can't walk your dog this is here. while they're making the film yeah, while they were making the film, before like before uh, the event, right. way before the event. Yeah, okay. the the movie came out in December uh, of last year, and the event happened obviously in February. So, obviously, it's so I believe that this movie was created to be seen after the event, so that people like us will be like, "Whoa, look at that!" And then it creates this loop, you know. Um, but the thing is, is that like, there's a lot of real smart heads watching this movie. I look around, you know, I hear like Ryan Christian talks about it and like, cause he's doing the work and, you know, looking at the, uh, at the news about what chemicals are being buried under the ground and how long were the half-life of a hundred years or whatever, and, um, dioxins and like, there is no half-life, right? It's yeah, it's I, don't, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. TCDD or something. The, the, uh, the dioxin in particular but there's like it's like agent different... orange basically exactly no. yeah right yeah and it, only only when burned with other uh particulates you know right. so to have the P pvc uh right next to it or even the vegetables that were blown up uh these combinations of that carbon going into this right. uh chlorine mixture that's what made it was right. the fire you know, if they hadn't have burnt that together, then right. we wouldn't have gotten dioxin. And that fire was deliberately set by the local police. Right. Thanks, guys. You know, it's almost as if they had this cra this train crash because, I mean, like the, the brakes weren't satisfactory. They got a warning on the train track that the one of the axles was hot. 20 miles out. Yeah. And they, they could have slowed down. They could have had, you know, but whatever. Like, obviously, this is planned. And so the movie, like, they had the derailment, but then there wasn't this toxic cloud of plume, black, billowy cloud that the movie had. So they had to dump it in a ditch and tell the cops to light it on fire so there would be 
so that it does match the movie. Right. I think, and then it's like, whoa. And then it hits people, like, because people like us have been looking at predictive programming since before 9-11, you know. And sure. most of these Hollywood movies are created by uh, military, CIA, money, you know, like, if you look into that, there's um, documents of, like, which movies had CIA fund and, like, everything, you know? Yeah, anything by Bad Robot, anything by J.J. Abrams is openly right? CIA. I mean, Jennifer Garner uh, and... And she was she was doing commercials recruitment commercials for the right. cia right right mm. yeah and so like you know that there are you know they're they 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 guide our perception ahead of time like they give us what to think how to think and this movie here is more than that this is like they're revealing this white noise they're they're revealing the satanic ideology it's like they're putting the nihilism in your face and they're putting like the um, who cares if people die and like, oh, car like crashes are a celebration, you know, um, it's as if they're trying to convince us that dying is OK and that we will just walk to the waiting sliding doors of death. Just yeah. It was interesting how they presented the the Americana idea of the car wreck which obviously yes. has been a major portion of all Hollywood, you know, to get the best car wreck ever mm. and how that did become kind of a celebratory thing of, uh, you know, this death and destruction. And, uh, I just yeah. found that really fascinating how, yes, we do celebrate and, and somewhat, uh, you know, admire these, these major accidents and yeah, how that became a symbol of Americana you drive a car off a cliff right and it's like that's the opening monologue so like the people who are first watching this plus it's on netflix so they're tracking your clicks they're seeing how long you watch the thing they're you know they're seeing how long it's in your queue of like when you're gonna watch it and people like us that are like oh what it's the same as the event in in ohio like I have to see this, you know, because we need to see what they put in front of us. And that opening monologue by Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle is like saying all the important lines uh, from the Satanists. He's like, um, he says that, uh, don't think of a car crash in a movie as a violent act. No, these collisions are part of a long tradition of American optimism a reaffirmation of traditional values and beliefs. It's a celebration, <laughs> but whose beliefs, you know, who the, the owners of America, are they happy with these car crashes with the nine 11 with the train crash? You know, um, he says like you would Thanksgiving and the 4th of July on these days, we don't mourn the dead or rejoice in miracles. No, these are days of secular optimism of self celebration hmm. that's like self-celebration is like that's what the satanists do you right. know that's that's like they're and then uh you know the he talks about how the movie breaks away from complicated human passions to show us something elemental that's what this movie is doing if you can put aside like the um the marital thing between the two characters 
and you just look at and listen to the lines like some of the the other professors are describing how plane crashes on the news are exciting for people and you need something to break up the the monotony of the numbers and it's really it's sick and it's like uh you know one of the people says uh california deserves to die because they invented the idea of lifestyle that in itself makes them deserve death like these people are you know and the uh the main guy the the um the main character is um jack i guess he's uh overweight his whole career is built on hitler um he lives in ohio and if you like if i go out my door in like rural ohio where i'm at every house has a trump sign <laughs> you know it's like there'll be one sign says he'll be back 2024 another one says don't blame me i voted trump like right. you know f biden like the middle finger and so like um and if you listen to joy behar that evil crone that's on the view uh she describes that those people deserved it because they voted trump the people in east palestine deserve this right and that's what they're telling the public and the, that just goes in their ears and they're like oh yeah joy behar okay people that love her they you know and it's creating the opinions of the people and uh i believe this movie uh gives people a nihilistic um perspective and like uh nothing matters and there is no uh reason for any of it you know um and they talk about like the the grocery store is the bardos between death and rebirth and like all of the you know all of the signs and symbols and everything is there at the grocery store and it's like if you look at every every ingredient list on everything it, there's poison in it you know there's bht bha tbhq you know and these things don't need to be in the food but they're there on purpose to slowly kill us you know if the if the, the american population is fat and sick and dumb then they're perfect cattle for the elite, you know? Yeah, it definitely seemed like when they showed the grocery store, as long as the grocery store was in order and everything was on the shelves, everything was fine. <laughs> right. And look at this was filmed during COVID. Well, I'm sorry if I say the bad word. I don't know if you get. Uh, oh, no, 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 please. This okay. is an open forum. They've banned me everywhere. Already. <laughs> right. I'm banned off of everything. Okay, yeah, so we're free. They all that you want. Yes all right so look if you look at covid this was filmed at during covid so the um the push that is happening during the time of the filming of this is like uh compliance and they're going to tell you what to think and do and all the people just go along with it well, that was and, an interesting point. I was watching the family where the, the children were uh, going and getting the data, bringing right? it to the family. And the dad was like, well, at least they're starting to take it serious now that they're <laughs> calling it a big black plume. Right. You know? He was like more interested in the dinner than he was in this thing. He's like, it won't come here. Yeah. It won't yeah. come. He says that uh, 
he says to his wife, she's like, oh, shouldn't we worry about the cloud of chemicals that's over our house? And he's like, have you ever seen a professor rowing down the street, rowing down his own street? Like those, those type of catastrophes don't happen to people like us. It happens to the poor. It happens to the unfortunate. <laughs> but I mean, look at what, like, it might have been a nice place in 1984 when this film is supposed to be set. But right now, everywhere in Ohio is falling apart. It's all, all the roofs are coming down. All the paint is peeling off. Like, everything is destroyed. And like, everybody works for factories and like minimum wage. And, you know, I don't know how a guy with gold toilets got them to vote for him, but somehow like this Ohio is a poor area and it's also like very rich in farmland and it's like right there in between Chicago and Philadelphia. And it's like all the trains run through here, every chemical, even chemicals that nobody knows what they are you know, proprietary, uh, you know, oils and stuff for the factories. Like every train in this place is dangerous and there's trains everywhere. <laughs> like all the time there's trains. I've got one out my window or train track, you know. So like um, it's perfect. This place is perfect for them. They can poison the land. They can send everybody to the smart cities. They can do their agenda 2030. They can take that land. I think you were talking with Stefan Verstappen last week about how the natural disaster happens and then it's like unfit for human, uh, you know, residency and then they just take it. Yep. <laughs> and that's what, you know, Rainbow has been fighting the BLM for years. Like government, it just wants it all, you know. And um, I think that if they can kill some people on the way out, then that's their plan. I mean, just look at the jabs. You know, people, it's obviously a weapon. You know, we're obviously in a war right now, but everybody is too oblivious. They're like Jack and they're saying, it won't come this way. Nah, no. I'm, I'm uh, you know, mildly well off with money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's okay. That, that only happens to other people on TV. And, and that's another thing. The TV and the radio give everybody all the information that they believe like they're just they don't know yeah. what to do they're like evacuate evacuate well, i don't think we have to leave and then they evacuate they're in the car and they're like hey don't leave your house <laughs> right yeah because nobody knows what to do nobody like the people that are you know the medical doctors and stuff like they you know even the firemen that worked for 9-11 like they all died too you know right. they had to breathe that air like it's um it's really sick, but well, so were... the, the plume isn't the only thing that we have to worry about in this Ohio wreck. There's, they buried a bunch of oils and toxins, dioxin, um, that's just going to be in the groundwater, you know, and the groundwater feeds a lot of areas. It connects to a lot of places. Yeah. Um, I mean, aren't you concerned? I am. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'd be I'd be doing nothing but growing sprouts if I were you, and just eating raw sprouts at all times. <laughs> right, that might be a good idea to get a get like a, a a grow setup in the house so that we don't get whatever is being sprayed on us. You know, because I learned that chlorophyll actually is a, a preventative; uh, it mitigates the dioxins in these uh, 
Interesting. So, uh, chlorophyll. So eating a lot of sprouts, eating a lot of just fresh greens uh, is uh, definitely something that everybody in Ohio should be doing. Right. And to make it worse, you know, I mean, that was a good point. <laughs> but let me let me bring some black pill here. They're moving all of that dirt. They're just incinerating all this. They're, they brought it to Grafton, which is like 20 minutes from here, and they're burning it in an incinerator. Those toxins are still getting burned. They're just moving it around. They bring some right. to Pennsylvania. They bring just like after Fukushima, they're bringing, they're carrying all that contaminated dirt all over Japan, so that nobody can blame the the radiation right. and nobody can get in trouble for this mishap. You know. Um, well, there are a couple of interesting points in white noise that I was hoping we might get to. Okay. Uh, there uh well first one is is the the simuvac right right they're having a simulated evacuation during the movie in the movie and uh you know the person running the simulation doesn't even know whether it's real or not anymore he's like <laughs> right. yeah i think it's real now um you know and so that was one thing and the other thing i wanted to get to is the hitler elvis comparison of of oh, the point yeah. of the crowd I mean, right. that made so much sense. So either one of those that you want to start on. Yeah, well, the, the crowd one is really important. Because, I agree. That's the point of the movie, really. Right. Like, people are lemmings. Um, in this speech, um, so basically the main character, Jack, is a Hitler, like he's a professor that teaches about Hitler and the Nazis and all of that, right? So um and his whole career relies on that like his whole livelihood yeah. relies on keeping hitler in the minds of people that's right exactly and it's a triumphant like he speaks about hitler like he's some hero and don Cheadle is trying to replicate that with elvis in his own career so he's studying elvis and and this um this like they're they're each going and telling the story like, oh, uh, Elvis loved his mother and, you know, he's a caring person. And then Hitler loved his mother. And then so they do this comparison. And then while it's happening, they're cutting, cutting to shots of the train and then shots of this 18 wheeler that's like heading towards the train. And. Um, and their movements, while they're giving these uh, soliloquies, uh, mm -hmm. the, their movements are very much like what you would see in a magic ritual. Right. Like these body yeah. movements are part of the right. whole thing. So Jack is wearing a Saturnian robe, and he's standing on a carpet that has a circle, and inside the circle is an octagon, a black octagon, which represents saturn the tesseract you know, hypercube um true evil right and he's circumnambulating in a left-hand path he's going around counterclockwise so like just in that you know he's but then further on he's explaining about how the crowds come together so that they can fight off their own individual death if they can become a crowd, then this saves them. Uh, it's a weird uh, approach to this 
But um, basically, that's what was happening during COVID. They were whooping and January sixth, and that too, exactly. And the same people that gave Elvis a career also gave Hitler a career. You know, if you look at it in the long run, they're do- they they can make people love you. They can make people hate you with their magic workings. And so it's like an expression of Elvis and Hitler are the same mechanism of creating that crowd in people. And, you know, like the young girls, when they see Elvis, they want to pull their hair out and scream, you know. um, Right. When we look at it, the crowd gathered around Hitler to kill everyone else, right? right? And that was their unification. Whereas the crowd formed around Elvis to watch him kill himself. Yeah, right. And he was an individual. He embra- He hit death. He didn't have a crowd around him. He was a lonely, you know. Um, but the point of the crowd, the point of the people gathering wasn't really just for the music. It was because Elvis was this dying thing, you know, like right. if, if Elvis hadn't have been killing himself the whole time, uh, most likely he wouldn't have gotten the crowds like he did. Right. So, um, so like, as he's going, uh, like, so, I mean, it's the same uh, system that, that props these two up. And when they, <clears throat> when they are describing this, um, it gets more and more uh, boisterous. The, the um, Jack is, is talking about, uh, picture Hitler near the end, trapped in his Fuhrer bunker, you know, and it's Hitler's death that they that we're supposed to believe. <laughs> um, mobs of people overrunning the courtyard, singing patriotic songs, painting swastikas on the walls, on the flanks of animal of farm animals. Crowds come to his mountain villa. Crowds come to hear him speak. Crowds erotically charged the masses he once called his only bride. Crowds come to be hypnotized by the voice the party anthems, the torchlight parades, but wait. And then the train wheels on tracks, it cuts, you know, how familiar all this seems to us, how, how close to ordinary crowds come, get worked up, touch and press people eager to be transported. Isn't this ordinary? We all know this. So like, this is what the, like they, um, they're not allowing us to touch and press and they're keeping people separated but we're still all in this together. They had this still crowd mentality. Like if you are an anti-vaxxer, I hate you. You know, if you don't wear a mask, you're one of them. You know, that whole same thing. It's like the same idea. And then uh, he says, there must've been something different about these crowds. What was it? Let me whisper the terrible word from the old English, from the old German, from the old Norse, death. He like says death really spooky and a train tanker rolls along these crowds were assembled in the name of death they were there to attend tributes to the dead and be uh and then he says but not the already dead jack gestures to the camera he points in the camera at us watching breaks the third barrier yeah right and he says the future dead wow (laughs) yeah and then like it cuts it uh it cuts away and he's pointing at a young white boy and, oh wait he says the living dead amongst us 
as he points at the young white boy. Hmm. He says, processions, songs, speeches. So, like, that's that is the plan. There's, you know, like who who are you allowed to kick down? Who, you know, who is in the sights of the government? You know, like uh, obviously there there aren't many colored people in Ohio. You know, it's uh that's just a fact of things. Um, I mean, I guess in the cities, but whatever. Um, so he's pointing at this young white man and then the train rolls and he says, Recess, uh, recitations of the names of the dead. They were there to see pyres and flaming wheels, <laughs> like thousands of flags dipped in salute, dipped in blood, right? You know, the blood flag. Um, and then like, uh, he says thousands of uniform mourners, there were ranks and squadrons, elaborate backdrops and it builds, right? And he says, blood banners and black dress uniforms, crowds come to form a shield against their own dying. To yes. become a crowd is to keep out death. Yes. To break off from the crowd is to risk death as an individual. <laughs> and this is like, like, you better wear your mask or you risk death, right? You're gonna kill grandma if you don't take this poison under your skin. And then the crash, the, the train goes off the rails and and um and like all the students clap and they all run to him and there's a jewish kid filming it all and this kid he was in the very beginning right after that monologue where don Cheadle is talking about car crashes and how it's celebration and how the he talks about the people who make these crashes get better every year and then right after that is a cut of all the kids milling about outside, like the, the freshmen going to college for the first time. And there's that, that same Jew kid is like telling his dad, uh, I can't believe you told him that. That's, that's, you, you're not supposed to tell my roommate, like we, the Gentiles are roommates on earth with the Jews, right? And, if, and he's like, uh, you know, you, you can't tell him that. Like, ugh. And then later, he's filming this speech on the Black Octagon. And then later in the film, uh, there's the full view of the black and purple cloud with lightning in it. And they cut to the cars on the street. And there's that same kid filming with a camcorder under a red umbrella. Like, I think that's a message. I think that they're telling us the people who make these movies are Zionists and they're giving, they're bringing a Holocaust to the Gentiles. And there were the dancing Israelis for nine 11 as well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they want to tell everybody they want to reveal it, but they have to, you know, put certain levels of, uh, ob obscuring the, the reality, but this is so blatant and, uh, you know, just the name white noise like it's this well, you've really got to focus in on the dialogue like you were talking about that opening scene you right. know they have so much white noise going on so many cacophony of noises and other voices right. that if you're not really paying attention like you know listening hard that's where you have to really focus in on this film if you right yeah you know, a lot of the revelation white noise <laughs> that's right yeah and what is white noise? It's this static that's in your way. It's like not the signal, but it's the noise. And it's as if the whites are in the way, the, you know, the white males are in the way. I didn't even put that together. Yes. Oh, 
<laughs> so they got to get rid of all that white noise, you know. Right. And if you look at the characters in the film, Don Cheadle, a uh, black man, and he gives all the really heavy dialogue uh, in the in the uh, grocery store. He's talking about people should just walk towards the uh, the sliding doors of death. Like maybe once we get over the fear, we can just go die. <laughs> right right i mean it's like it's that's what they're they're like whispering in our ears hey go up into the abattoir there's a conveyor belt right there go ahead <laughs> you know and it's like we're just lambs to slaughter and he talks about how oh as long as the supermarkets are okay everything is fine and when covid happened the supermarkets didn't have tp or whatever and you know now we don't have eggs or whatever and like just doing that can create attention in people and it can create more mob you know look at look at uh, black friday at walmart you know the people like back in the old days when they couldn't get it on the internet everybody would like be crushed at the door because oh, yeah. everybody's trying to get those sales you know um it like they can it's like many ways of manipulating uh the crowds and like that crowd mentality is what killed people like we just haven't seen the death yet it's it's happening now you know the people are taking the jab and then years later they you know they're like they put a post on facebook or something like f you for not getting the jab and then they'd film themselves taking it and then a year later they're like oh died suddenly (laughs) died suddenly exactly so like the future dead are the compliant losers like um kylo ren here the uh the main character adam driver he's like the ultimate homer simpson who like when they were evacuating everybody was running to get important stuff and he was like holding the dessert he's like where what do i do uh how do i bring this dessert cake with me in the car you know totally cannot like if like the dad is the is like the the leader of the family you know he should be intelligent he should be uh, guiding the people towards a uh, safe life you know and more love and growth taking charge yeah right and you know ever since like ever since homer simpson i guess or even further back than that yeah, the honeymooners yeah the married with children the, married you know, with children was the key yeah yeah exactly and so like this movie is more of that you know he's like they took their star wars character who everybody loves and whatever and they made him fat and ugly and stupid and and then at the end he ends up trying to kill somebody and then his wife like walks in as he's doing it and he says how did you know i was going to be here and she says oh men are killers like like it's a fact right it's it's really sick and there were Go ahead, please. There were two other parts in there that kind of fascinated me that didn't seem to play a role in the movie. And so I'm curious as to what you think about these just Mm -hmm. insertions that didn't seem to go along with anything. And we're wrapping up this first hour, so we'll we'll just get through this and then we'll get ready for the the good stuff on the other side. (laughs) Um, But the occult aspect that they threw into this uh the mom is dealing with an issue and so she turns to the occult to try and find the the answers right and i thought it was intriguing the books that they showed like colin wilson's a history of the occult 
I mean, they were pretty basic books that they showed, but they also blurred out the names of the authors so that you couldn't see. But right. I have most of those books on my bookshelf. Oh, really? I was trying to look for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, another one is uh, Not of This World, Peter Colosimo. Uh, I think Year of the Witch, but I couldn't find that at all. And then The Supernatural, Witches and Witchcraft by Jeremy Kingston. Those are the books. And there's that creepy monkey with the symbols. And it like, you know, there was an 80s movie, Monkey Shines, and it-, it My like, friend worked on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So like, this is this was a popular toy. It was called the Jolly Chimp. Um, and creepy little was, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's very creepy. And like, it has like gnashing teeth almost, and it's clapping the symbols to like, call attention. Hey, look at this. These book, you know, a history of the occult by Colin Wilson, and it's like right there next to the books as they're running out. So, I mean, it's as if um, the the people are searching and they don't have any. So, like, they're stabbing at the dark into the occult to try to find. Like, she's she is um, Babette is um, racked with the fear of death, and she can't. That's why she's looking at the occult and. Um, so that's kind of a, uh, these people's fear of death, uh, is like the main, it's like the, the movie is trying to assuage them from their fear of death and to just walk into the opening doors of, um, yeah, I, they did. It was just a quick shot with those books. And, and then the, the bizarre moment of the dad having the night terrors that never played in either. I didn't know why that scene was there. Right. Yeah. I think that, well, that guy was also the creepy dude in the short shorts was like also at the grocery store and, um, you know, he had the dream of, right. He kept being followed by that strange guy. Yeah. And I think that that is like, who seemed like a transgender. Yeah. Yeah. He went and grabbed some leggings. Like he grabbed a stockings off the shelf when he was in the grocery store. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. Do you know what his role was? I don't even, you know. <laughs> he was the guy that was supplying the drug to Babette. So ah. he's the guy at the end where Jack wants to kill him because Babette, in order to get more of this drug, this experimental drug that hasn't been tested on people, that's supposed to like take away your fear of death. Which right. kind of sounds like a jab to me, you know, it's like, oh, I'm afraid of death. I better get this thing that's experimental. And like, anyway, so this dude was a doctor or something and he went crazy and now he's living in a motel and he's just eating this stuff called Dilar. And I'm sure there's some kind of Kabbalistic reference or, you know, I mean, right. or like numerical, whatever. Um, the stuff is called Dilar and he's like eating it like candy. And it's like, you don't have sympathy for this dude. You know, it's like, Oh, whatever, go ahead and kill that guy. <laughs> right. And then like when Jack almost murders him, he's like snaps into like, Oh, what am I doing? You know? And then Babette shows up at the same time. You know, how did you know I was going to be here? Cause you're a killer. Right. She just accepts all men are killers. And, and then they bring it, they bring this dude, to a hospital and the hospital is run by german nuns who right. berate them for believing in heaven they the nuns right. like, 
yell at them, you're so stupid for believing in heaven. We have to act this way. But right. you believe it, you idiots. Like, And that, again, is the Satanists talking to us. <laughs> you know, they don't believe in religion. They don't believe in, you know, God or whatever. They they believe that they can manipulate this world. You know, they they think they can become their own gods, you know. And in making others do your will, that in a way is becoming God, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that the elite feel like they're gods and they can still stand before us and tell us five officers died on January 6th and just bold face lie to the entire world and not care one bit while yeah. these uh, political prisoners have been sitting in jail without court dates for years yeah. sitting in solitary confinement and they're still they can just come out and lie straight to the public and just bold face no problem yeah five officers maybe they even believe it themselves maybe the the propaganda <laughs> think works so. so well i think so if you listen to some of those politicians that are up there on the panels as they're doing the inquiries and stuff it seems like they are i mean they're mind controlled too like if you look at it it's a hierarchical um you know, pyramid of obedience. And like everybody, like Bob Dylan says, everybody's got to serve somebody, right? And those politicians are doing their part. But I think that they are willing participants because they're so dumb and they don't see, you know, and they choose to believe that this is the case because the opposite would be too horrible. If if they're really trying to kill us, I don't want to believe that. Right. <laughs> you know? So go take your dialar and everything right. will be fine. Yeah. All right, Sean. Well, let's tell everyone again how they can find your work and uh, all, all right. the good stuff that you're doing now. Awesome. Yeah, I've got a podcast, Wake the Dead, and you can find that on Spotify, Google, Apple, and all the podcasts and um, at, uh, podcast sources or whatever. Wherever you find your podcast, it'll be there. And um, I post on BitChute, Rumble, and Odyssey as well. And I post all my links to onegreatworknetwork.com slash Sean-McCann. That's my page on the One Great Work Network. And, um, I, you know, I'm like, like you said, I was a nobody the first time I was on your show. And now it's like I've been living the life and I've been, you know, digging down the rabbit holes still and i feel like i have something to say and i've grown and you know and um i think that uh, like i'm proud of what uh, the work i'm doing now and i only see it getting better in the future so oh also i i make t-shirt designs and um you can find those at storefrontiercom slash wake the dead there's a lot of anarchist designs and like that yes i try to get all kinds of photographs in sean's t-shirts and the anarchy <laughs> and the, uh, don't tread on me I, I got them all awesome uh, yeah those are the best ones i'm glad you get i printed those i took those on the road with me that's kind of how i that's kind of how i funded my my trip like I, I would end up at a gas station with no money and i'm just like what am i gonna do and then I'm, i go in the gas station and i'm wearing the shirt and then one of the ladies that works there is like where'd you get that shirt? I said, it's my design. I got more in the car. And she says, holy crap, my husband wants one. Let me, give me two, <laughs> you know? And like, that is, that kept me going. That, yeah. that plus jugging, getting gas from nice people. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's all about meeting the people. That's really That's what the right. road is about. And well, we'll get more into that on the other side. We got lots to get into about being traveling men, about running around this this crazy planet and finding our ways. And then sovereignty and the understanding, folks, that you got to stand up and you got to take the challenge. Don't be a cue shaman and plea <laughs> out. You know, you've got to continue to stand to your guns until the day, it, you know, they they just have to take you out. <laughs> and that's right. the, You know, that's the way it goes. But let me give some love to Steve Mercer for being behind the scenes here. Uh, producer Steve, keeping things going, keeping the ball rolling. Thank you, Steve, so much. And guys, give give Steve a hand. Uh, help him suggest guests to uh, us and help us keep this ball rolling so that we know where you want us to go. So producer Steve at FreemanTV.com is the email for him. And Freeman at FreemanTV.com is mine. And of course, you can find this show on every podcast player out there. Same as Sean, you know, we're all just trying to blow it out as far as we can. But we need your help. You know, you got to share the links because we're so shadow banned, so removed. And come on over and follow me on Twitter at Freeman TV. I've got some great stuff that I keep putting up. I mean, solar flares, asteroids, uh, chat GBT and its demonic uh, admittance. We'll get into that some on the second side here. <laughs> uh, but definitely, if you go to at Freeman TV on Twitter, you're going to find some really interesting things. I definitely did a major blowout on glow in the dark animals <laughs> this last uh, round. I. I just I had found an article about uh, hope for cat allergy sufferers, and they are now making crisper cats that don't uh, have as much of the allerg allergic uh, reactions. Right. So they're genetically modifying cats so they don't make you sneeze. And I thought, well, you know, what would we, what would he feed these? Well, they're making bipolar disordered mutant mice. So why not feed the bipolar mutant mice to the glow in the dark cats, right? But then, you know, why make it so hard on the cats? Let's give them glow in the dark bunnies. That would make it a whole lot easier to chase. So let's do that. Because they're not going to eat the glow in the dark pigs or the glow in the dark sheep. So, but what are we going to do with all these glow in the dark animals, folks? I mean, seriously. And when do I get a glow in the dark pet? Uh, when, do you, when, are, <clears throat> when are you going to get a glow in the dark arm and leg? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's the next step, transhuman. So come check out freemantv.com and uh, my Twitter, because that's my last bastion of social networking, is right there. And of course, I've been putting up all the old videos on Rockfin. Uh, collecting some of that cryptocurrencies out of that just uh, for the fun of it, but uh, enjoying definitely going in and supporting Rockfin. I'm also working now on getting Rumble up there and, uh, you know, just just trying to, you know, I, I got this grid just just thrown to pieces you know what i mean i've been thrown to the winds and i'm having to gather all the pieces back together so i currently have a flash drive for you with all of the best videos that i could fit into an eight gigabyte flash drive on the shop page for you and all the oracle years all the past years the deep stuff that is not on freemantv.com right now so you have to get these flash drives in order to get these uh old stuff until i can get it all back out to you again again you know 18 years of work just deleted in an instant so mm. yeah um you know uh, that's how we do it and right. so those things are there for you on the shop page and everything's there ready and i hope you will come over to freemantv.com and subscribe help this show keep going and 
you know, uh, it, I think it's an important show because uh, we come at it from the human perspective and people like Sean McCann have the, the experience necessary to tell you the truth about what it's like out there, what it's really like when you're sovereign. And so I think this show's important. I hope you do too. So come on over to freemantv.com and let everyone know. So let's take this on into the members section. Thank you all so much for tuning in and checking me out and being here. I love you all and we'll see you next week. Thank you.